0: Look at you with your backgrounds and everything. Yeah, there man. I was prepared. Yes, sir. Not me. <laughs> I uh well, since I've like moved We switched <laughs> I've moved things around. I actually moved my desk out of here and it's now like beside it's weird. Brittany used to have her desk in the bedroom, kind of in a corner um during COVID primarily so the dog could sleep when she was working from home like in the bed behind her and then she moved it into the what used to be the guest room, can't have guests during COVID time, fuck it. Yeah. And now we can't have guests because of dog times, pit bull yeah. times. Um, so now <laughs> I've moved mine kind of like on the opposite side where hers was. She emptied that out, I put it in there, and it you know makes it nice. So it does actually give me time to edit or do something at a proper computer nice. station as opposed to the kitchen counter, which is where my pit bull first. edit <laughs> Yeah, but now yeah. I have this weird sort of setup to where it's like I'm just like just it's just like a bookshelf, like slash dresser thing that i've set my laptop on um whatever works. Which, what you get is the glory of my yeah, tangible collection nice. that I, I will soon be rid of you know years down the road just bring it over just well, bring it over <laughs> that's what i was leading into uh this week i had to make a special trip across town and uh deliver <laughs> a physical disc that i actually still owned I had not you know yet sold or donated and uh it was mr george clooney in the american that i brought to you on blu-ray that's right, a disc you're never getting back. Probably not.
1: <laughs> Who was the girl? A friend. A friend? Who are the Swedes? I'm working on that. It's going to take some time. But she set you up. She had nothing to do with it. Pity. can't stay here. I've made arrangements for you to leave town while I sort this out. Take right outside the bar. Then second left via magenta. You'll find a dark blue Fiat Tempra with Pescara plates. I've marked a small town on the map. Castelvecchio. Stay there. Lay low till you get my call. Don't talk to anyone. And above all, don't make any friends, Jack. You used to know that.
0: I mean, considering, you know, it's a movie where George um, travels to the beautiful countryside, um, builds guns uh, with, you know, Uh extreme craftsmanship. Uh Uh, mm-hmm. Deals with a duplicitous uh, blonde lady uh, Sleeps with a prostitute Eats good mm. food um, But is yeah, mostly man. paranoid and quiet throughout This is not a movie star role But it's a movie star performance, I would say You have to have a movie star in it 100%, yes It's actually something that
2: <laughs> I watched this with Tessa And she's like, you're lucky George Clooney's in this that We her. all are <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> What's her reaction to it? And yeah, you really do need a movie star persona to carry this movie because the movie itself, when it comes to context, gives you none. It, re- it gives you like basically one event from this man's past and the rest you have to piece together for yourself or make up or figure out or let go. Uh, it is not a movie that holds your hand. Certainly
0: starts with, uh, well, it starts with, uh, I guess.
2: starts with an ass on screen is what it starts with. Nice, I was nice like, ass. no wonder Mike loves yeah. this movie.
0: Uh, unfortunately, <laughs> the rest of the body that's connected to that ass is going to, uh, spoiler alert, be shot yeah. by Mr. Clinton. Not long for this sequence. world, that ass. No, do you find it, is it more distressing that it's not like that was his target, that he's like some sort of James Bond where he's like, I'll sleep with the femme fatale. It's right? the fact that. Unfortunately for her, uh he has brought her into this world. Mm-hmm. Uh she witnesses them being an attempted assassination and then once he handles his business um I guess she's she's got to go because she she knows too much about it. Knows him. too much?
2: Yeah. Um, and and you know, I maybe this is a kind reading of that action. He knows that there are a couple choices. You go on the run with this innocent woman who probably cannot keep up with that lifestyle, um and they both end up dying. Um, you leave her behind uh, and risk her giving information about where you are or what you've been doing, or you end her life quickly and painlessly.
0: Like, that's – those are the options. and I mean, none of them last good. night living, she did fuck George Clooney.
2: Right. I mean, your life is <laughs> downhill from then anyway. <laughs> like, you know what?
0: Let me fuck George Clooney and then put one right in the back of my head. That's fine. <laughs> that's not so, a problem. Even though at the end of our last episode, we kind of uh, – made fun of and warned that this is a film that was, I wouldn't say infamous because it was never that popular. Although I think it opened to like 10 or $12 million, which that's just solely on the back of George Clooney that you could open clearly. This. The trailers are very misleading. Uh, it looks very. like uh, Jason Bourne, except Clooney yep. as Bourne. I feel like we are kind of being misleading just in that first sequence. It's like uh, a big, yeah. beautiful ass, uh, gunshots, you know, betrayal. <laughs> uh, most of it is him going about his work and it's just him in his own head and you don't really have access mm-hmm. to his head. He's very pensive. There's no voiceover. Yes. Thankfully. Um, <laughs> yes. It's just staring at George Clooney fret and worry. Um, yeah. For the most part. Yeah, man. So I feel like this
2: movie proves the Wes Craven adage wrong. Do you know about the, the Wes Craven attitude towards making movies? No. So he has said on numerous occasions, as long as you have an exciting moment in the first scene whether it be action or gore or okay. a kill, you could get away with almost anything for the rest of the movie. So he's really hanging and his I, hat on a, a Drew Barrymore sequence. Exactly, okay. exactly. So I think that's what they're trying to do here is they're trying to be like, look, oh yeah, there's a gunfight and oh, the a woman dies and a chase in the snow and uh, all this. And then, okay, now we're going to spend an hour building a gun. Like that's <laughs> that's what we're going to do. And I say that jokingly because Mike... This is a perfect movie. Ooh. The American you is a perfect Going movie. against,
0: it fits in my it's, score because it's 65% oh. from the critics in Rotten Tomatoes. So it meets oh, that so 60 under. And this will not surprise perfect. you, 39% from the audience score. That didn't surprise yeah. me. That's oh, me. no, no.
2: Okay, so you what know was who it? agrees with me? You know who agrees with me? Roger fucking Ebert. Right,
0: That's who agrees with me. Right. I just read Stack his review. Uh, <laughs> so what, do, what did Mr. Ebert say? And also my second question, why did this one, I knew you were going to be in for a Clooney and I, t- mm. I also told you it's probably one of the more beautiful films that we've had on this podcast, oh. but I didn't know if you would go along with the – I don't want to say the nothingness, but it's just biding your time with the character. The void. Just biding your yes, time. Yes, absolutely. I I, I
2: definitely could see this as a movie where people would react like, well, I respect this more than I like it. Yes. <laughs> like yes. it's, de- it's definitely got that written all over it, but – Because, like, I'm, again, watching this with Tessa, and she is just, she's, like, consumed by, like, but why? (laughs) Like, what happened? Who is this motherfucker? Like, she's just like, and I'm like, don't know, don't care. Um, I, and I think a lot of that, because Clooney carries this so well, that you're like, I don't really, I don't really need to know what his pain is derived from, what his career is derived from. I just need to know he feels it. And it's one of those performances that if anyone ever tells me that George Clooney is a bad actor and they've seen this, I know not to listen to them because this is an amazing, subtle, beautiful, painful performance that he gives. And it is a movie that it's the type of movie I love that does not hold your hand. As I mentioned already, like There, in terms of him getting found out, like there's one character who says the term Mr. Butterfly and that's what gives him away. And they don't, and it's something that Ebert mentions in his review. In a lesser movie, they would be, they would like drop all the music out and be like, Mr. Butterfly. Like it would be like very, okay, you need to pay attention now, dummies. (laughs) Like you need to listen. And this movie doesn't do that and it forces you to catch up to it. It's a strange thing to say about a movie that is that slow, but you do always feel just a touch behind it. Like you feel like you're working to catch up because, as you mentioned, your lead character gives you nothing to go on because if he does give you something to go on, he's in danger. And I think you, you read that. And it's, it's such an interesting kind of diatribe about connection from a man who has no connections. Like it, it keeps him alive to have no connections. And that's the only thing he really wants. And you get that from these kind of flashbacks of this, maybe the one thing he truly regrets is killing this woman. And then you have this burgeoning relationship with a prostitute, with Clara. And at first you feel like, oh, well, he, you know, he needs release. He needs some kind of connection, but it's less dangerous with someone that you hire. But then you slowly through the movie feel like, oh, there's a real connection here. There's something happening here. There's she cares about him. He cares about her. You have these nice moments at the at the lake. And it just it really, really takes its time. And I was never bored with it, but I could definitely see people like, oh, God, you're just OK. Yeah. Another beautiful shot of the Italian countryside. OK, let's fucking go. And you brought up the Jason Board, James Bond thing. And the trailer does does lead you to that. And I, they're trying to get butts in seats. I get that. But as I'm watching it, I almost laughed. I loved the sequence, but I like laughed out loud as the big chase sequence. He's just like on a scooter. Like it's just mm-hmm. going through winding streets. It's not like an Aston Martin barreling down the highway, going through walls. It's like no no, I'm just gonna get close enough and then I'm going to shoot out the tires, and then I'm gonna snap his neck and I'm gonna go home. And and like, hope that no it. one's around. Like
0: also like Yeah, you know, that. It was so interesting to me that someone who has such a uh, an exotic uh, profession uh, that we're used to—it's fucking boring. <laughs> yeah, when James Bond comes down, like I, I guess Jason Bourne tried to ground it some way stylistically in the action sequences, sure. but it was still yeah. excessive. Uh, which is that has mm-hmm. been our our month of sort of excess, and we're, we can sort of begin to wrap it up, dial it down, I guess, uh, <laughs> yeah. with a change of pace with Mr. Clooney here, but. Um, it's like, yeah, they they live in secrecy, but it's you know it's Bond, James Bond, and when he shows up, uh, three buildings are going to topple over because he's chasing. Yeah, someone well, he's through the it. he's the worst spy in history. Like <laughs> literally, he introduces himself <laughs> everywhere he goes. No secrets. <laughs> um, and though you know, Jason Bourne is like. You know he's definitely playing catch up to I guess what the audience knows, like because we're privy to like, well he's a super assassin this, and then we know who's tracking him, all that nonsense. My um, God, yeah. it's Jason yes. Bourne. Like it's just <laughs> this movie does not have a moment like that. <laughs> it, it's interesting to me that all this guy seems to be really wanting is he just wants like something for himself. It's not like, you know, you have the classics, like after this job, I'm out. Uh, but even when he's mm-hmm. told, okay, we've got, here's the last job where you go to this town, he's got to go to the next town over. <laughs> it's like, I, I just want something I choose. That's something for me. And it's interesting that even in this world of just, Purely transactional relationships, he's never quite comfortable. Like you you mentioned that he falls in love Mm -hmm. uh, with his prostitute, Um, his employers, this woman he's set up with to craft this weapon for. Like he is designing something that will create ultimate distance but impact to to change Mm -hmm. the course of someone's life. Mm -hmm. Um, And you would expect like someone who's that sort of cold and guarded to be comfortable with that the nature of that, that everything has that you're asking me to do this, I do this for you and we're fine. I pay you for sex and we're fine. But you can tell like how everything it's has started to, has started to crumble down where he is no longer comfortable mm-hmm. with, with anything. Like because uh, yep. he feels like he has nothing for himself. It is definitely a difficult part for someone who is is handsome and charming mm-hmm. in other roles. And Cluny yes. can't really do anything about how handsome he is. But he's not what I would call charming uh nope. here. And it is not a glamorous part, even though on paper it seems like it's a glamorous role. And it's – I think that's partially what people react to. It's not a long movie. It is very quiet. But I think they're just responding to that, hey, this kind of seems like it sucks. And while most action (laughs) movies, you obviously would not want bullets flying at your face, there is a glamour to being James Bond. Mm There is nothing glamorous about the situation that Clooney finds himself in as the American. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: And even in the sequences where Clooney wins, it's still not glamorous, Mm -hmm. right? You have that scene where he, you know, takes out the guy in the car and snaps his neck and it just feels, it feels empty. Mm -hmm. Like you feel a sense of emptiness and void there. And then again, a movie that doesn't hold your hand, you know, the sequence where he's essentially rigged this weapon to backfire. We don't really know that that's what he's doing. We have clues. He like asks her, so I'm going to read about this in the paper. You know, so he knows and you know that he is close with this prostitute. Mm-hmm. And he's going to want her to be safe. So, like, there's clues leading up to that. And then when that happens, you not only does it happen, in a lesser movie, that character would just die outright. And in this movie, no. We see the damage that he has done with his choices and we see, you know, her face mangled and her gasping for breath And, you know, it all becomes quote unquote worth it because he finds out who she works for and realizes who has double crossed him, the person that he is, you know, he has obeyed um, throughout the entire film. And we assume before that, too. And that's kind of heart wrenching. But Clooney doesn't give you an opportunity to feel that betrayal, really, because now it's just, well, it's onto the next fucking person I have to kill, and it's, and it feels like a weight on his back, as opposed to like, yeah, we finally have our target. We know who it was. And that's the James Bond, Jason Bourne thing. Like, I know who I am now, I know who wronged me, and now I'm gonna make things right. Clooney never makes things right. This is not a movie that solves problems. It's a movie that solves the problem on your plate that causes nine more. And I could see going to this movie expecting an action movie and being really, turned off by it and i was very glad like you had come over and i told you i watched the trailer and i was like let me tell you what this movie is uh this movie i've never seen it's not gonna be a fun action movie it's going to be quiet and it's going to take a long time to get there and you were like just kind of like yep that's (laughs) about right so i had that in my head mainly because i don't really know anything about this movie going in i never saw it when it came out But any movie starring Clooney that I don't have at the top of my head, I'm like, oh, this probably didn't do well. Uh, Because every other movie that Clooney did made just mountains of cash. So you hear about it, right? And then I watched this trailer and I'm like, everything in this trailer looks like this would make $100 million. uh, So this can't be what I'm in for. (laughs) So I kind of knew that. So I was ready for that kind of movie.
0: Yeah, I I dropped it off and you and your – new bride were uh watching poker face and i'm like i don't know like i'm not going to advise on how to watch the american but it's like do you watch it in between episodes of poker face or do you just <laughs> wrap up poker face give yourself a day and sort of reset <laughs> so how did you uh at what point did you watch the american where did it fall we
2: so for those who have watched poker face you're halfway through the episode with nick nolte which by the way so far is the best episode of the show it is Amazing. A perfect movie in an hour. Just fantastic. We paused that and then because there was a time crunch, we, you know, went to bed and then we watched The American the next night. So not <laughs> only do we watch it in between <laughs> episodes, we watch it in between ah episode <laughs> of, uh, <laughs> of your Face. So yeah, it was a bit of a
0: shift. Uh, for yeah, sure. Clearly not how, uh, the filmmakers intended back in, you know, 2010 when Poker Face did not exist, but, uh. it's <laughs> yes, definitely not. But I'm sure they were glad
2: it went to the top of the heap. Like, okay, I got to watch this. It's time. So I have a question for you, Mike. Okay. So, you are my go to person when i when I talk about sex on screen, yes, because that is kind of a pet project of yours, and something that's very important to you, yes, not in a like gross pervy way that too well, that, yes, but also, <laughs> but also because like we've lost that yeah in mm-hmm. a lot in a lot of ways like there's there's an article written two or three years ago about how like human bodies have never looked better and mm-hmm. they've never been more chaste on mm-hmm. screen right. And that's the, the fucking Marvel thing. Like everyone's on fucking steroids and muscles on muscles and Chris Hemsworth and all that. I watched this movie and George Clooney looks fucking fantastic. Beautiful, beautiful man in great shape. But I'm watching this going like, I miss this. I miss attainable male bodies, right? Because if you went hard, if you went and worked out for like a year and you, you watch what you ate and did all the things, got a nutritionist, got, a, got someone to train you, you could achieve this. Right, he is right. a in shape, flexible, good looking man. You're not going to look like Thor, is what you're saying, though. That's not right. Happen. You're never not without dangerous drugs and treatment. <laughs> yes. You're never going to look like that. And also, Chris Hemsworth started off being like 6'3", 220 mm-hmm. So like, he's got that above yeah. most the of us, right? Yeah. yeah, he's got the frame to hold that much weight and muscle. And I watch this, and I'm like, way better looking. Like this, this is way more attractive to me. Um, and the the female bodies too. Like they, they didn't look scary skinny and they didn't look like there was so much plastic surgery going on. And it's another thing about this movie. They call the movie The American. And I'm pretty sure I looked at the cast list. I think George Clooney is the only American mm-hmm. in the movie. And I love that. I love that they don't, again, they're not going to help you out here. Like there's a lot of stuff that isn't subtitled and you just kind of have to catch up like he is and figure it out. And I just, I dug it, man. It's just such a, such an enjoyable watch for me, even though it was so dour. And so like, there's such a lack of hope and future in it. I watched it and I was just like, I fucking love this. i I kind of need to have a copy of this. Is like, there I a 4K probably version?
0: Probably not. I'm assuming. I don't think there. so. Yeah. I think the one that you gave yeah. me is the best that we have. <laughs> <laughs> it's... Um, yeah. As far as the, the, the bodies, I actually just had a conversation with uh, Webb over on Trilogy and Theory. And there's really, really on two fronts with that. Uh, you're talking about uh, the sort of American lens from the character where we – aren't uh, made as comfortable as probably Americans feel like they should uh, when they're on vacation mm-hmm. uh, roll out the red carpet for me. This is a speak, movie called the American language, We should be the that. focus. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm like, is there a trilogy there? Because I believe he's uh, the Canadian in Syriana. I believe that's how he's referred to. I was like, Can- <laughs> is there true. a third one with Clooney? I don't know. Mm, um, well, as far as, out. but <laughs> the the body type. Who is
2: he in the Killer Tomatoes? Is he... <laughs> <laughs> I just want you to be forced to watch that and talk about it. <laughs>
0: that's... Well, here, here's a, a, a side question before I get to the, the bodies and sex, which is how we should, you know, that's how Always. we should steer the conversation to the finish for a climax here. Mm-hmm. Um, Nice The climax. Uh, That one was for Tessa uh, because she'll comment on that (laughs) later. (laughs) She'll love that, yes. (laughs) Where do you think my co-host on Trilogy Theory – what do you think? If I made him do a trilogy based around the American, what do you think he would feel about this almost actionless action movie? You know,
2: your fucking idiot co-host (laughs) Web is really hard to gauge. Um, I bet – I bet if this character was Japanese and it was in black and white, he'd fucking love it. Which Ebert was uh, all over that in his review. He was like, It is yeah, like yeah. a it's Japanese. Like samurai. Film with it is George Clooney. Yep, absolutely. But would that offend think,
3: well.
2: Yes. Yes. Yeah. How dare you offend Akira Kurosawa with like let you give the same breath with Clooney. Like, yeah, I I feel like he would he would be mixed on it. Mm. I think he would have wanted a little more action. I don't think he wants like a Jason Bourne, but maybe like one more sequence. Uh, that would be my guess. He'd probably be like, oh, it was okay.
0: The worst <laughs> podcast answer ever. It's fine. Well, those, those episodes are fine with me on the recordings because then I just get to talk. Like, you know, I'll just, yeah. I'll just take up the rest of Oh, you of the have nothing time. to say? Bring it. <laughs> <laughs> but going to the, uh, the body type, um, Jason Bourne again. Like, I, didn't Matt Damon get bigger as the movies it went did. on, like for the last one, it yeah. wasn't there. Like a trailer shot of him shirtless, doing like Fight Club <laughs> style. Man, stuff Man, by in the, the ring. end of that
2: movie, by the end of that movie, it looked like fucking Zagi from Street Fighter, yeah. like just huge. And I was like, "That's not where we began this." I had this. <laughs> Apparently, once he gets his memory back, he's like, "Oh, I remember how to fucking work out." <laughs> like this is, <laughs> I remember my supplements guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Where I put those steroids in my ass. Yeah. I'm ready to go. <laughs> Um. Yeah, I'll raise my hand, Mr. Clooney. If you want if if you need somebody that to, to help you, out I got there. you, buddy. Uh, we had a not talking about this film, obviously, or necessarily Jason Bourne, but uh, I believe it was Hugh Jackman. And I'm like, man, if you ever watch, mm-hmm. which you know, I was never much a fan of uh, Brian Singer. Thank God. But if mm. you ever watch uh, X Men One. Uh, Hugh Jackman Skinny. has a body very similar to uh, Clooney yeah. here. He's just very, he's fit yeah. and trim. Um, yeah, a
2: little broader, but like nothing crazy. Uh,
0: and you it's know. just like how, you know, he he is decades older and he's now more jacked <laughs> and ripped. It just, you know, I think yeah, this yeah. just sort of grounds it in the sense of, uh, you know, I like movies where I guess the guy that can kill you is in some ways not, um, you know, it's not Dwayne Johnson. Walking through that right, door, right. Um, it's just a normal looking dude. Yeah, who has there, abilities. there's something a little bit more terrifying uh, going mm-hmm. back to the whole transactional nature of death and sex in this. Uh, I mean, this is like a uh, an art uh, film version of like the White Lotus because it's all about sex, money, yeah, and death. Yeah, yeah <laughs> true. And the people who make these decisions—the tourists, the interlopers—through your lives who just have. These I mean, fast Jennifer effects. Coolidge would make this a better movie. That's the only. <laughs> Like would Clooney like would it just be a character who just walks past and like yeah you know. yeah that's all you need
2: oh <laughs> 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 uh, yeah I you know you mentioned the kind of change in bodies over over time and with even within franchises and like many things I'm gonna blame comic books mm. for this um, I think when the first X Men movie was made they were like ah, comic book movies don't make money like you know unless it's fucking Superman or Batman no one's gonna watch this. Um, and then it made a shitload of money, and then they realized they had to cater to fucking fanboys. And like, you don't look like fucking Wolverine. <laughs> Wolverine's ripped, man. He just looks like a normal dude. <laughs> and, and now it's like, everyone, oh, normal. Thor, you better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, like normal. The best I could ever fucking hope for in this life is <laughs> normal dude. <laughs> it's so true. God bless.
0: <laughs> I, I, I like it when, um, you know, I mean, movies... It it purposely we're misleading ourselves as far as for two hours, uh, we can be you know the Thor character or someone who, (laughs) or worse than just Thor, it's someone who wields a magical fucking hammer. It's Thor who works at a hotel and still looks like Thor, like that's probably the (laughs) most misleading can be. Um, (laughs) so it's nice to have you know the shoe on the other foot where I guess Clooney and company Mm -hmm. misled us as far as like okay, you're not gonna get modern day Cary Grant uh traveling countryside countryside having a gun and his version of Audrey Hepburn is they're like chased and it's the wrong right. man type scenario. Uh it is very totally. dour. It is sort of sad. And I think that there is a reaction probably to someone like Clooney, like I don't know if it's people saying you shouldn't feel sad because you're George Clooney or or you shouldn't <laughs> be making me feel sad. That's what I pay you yeah. for. <laughs> don't yeah, don't make- I pay you to feel nice. <laughs>
2: God, you're the guy from ER can we just have a good time <laughs> where the head nods yeah nod your head yeah 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 Yeah. Yeah. it's it's actually shocking that he agreed to this role he is someone who's always like after he became popular you know through tv and kind of moving up the ranks in movies it seemed very aware of the choices he was making um and this is a huge risk, and it did not pay off. <laughs> like, this is not a movie this I think that you're uh, like, oh, now we'll give it an Oscar. Like, that's not what happened here. Uh, Solaris, but like, honestly, the remake
0: with Soderbergh, was also, also probably the closest in this vein to yeah, not giving us yeah. what we expect.
2: And this definitely is not my favorite George Clooney performance um, because, like, that this isn't really his wheelhouse, but it it might be its best. It might, like, just as a quality acting Not relying might on be. his sort of natural charisma yeah, in any way. It, it's like, it's taking away all of his strengths and still dragging this movie with him and making you watch and making you want to be engaged. Whereas something like Out of Sight is like it really takes advantage of the cool factor and it's also beautifully shot and, you know, Soderbergh, the man, knows what he's doing and this is a movie that really takes its time and wants, like, actively wants you to feel bad. (laughs) Like, for an hour and 45 minutes. Like, you are just, everything you want in this movie, we're not fucking giving it to you and you're gonna feel sad about it and then at the end of the movie, he's gonna die without even getting to talk to the woman he loves. How about them fucking apples? Like, it's just like, God, this movie is, like, aggressively
0: sad. Another, Uh, and I love it. Mike's pick on screen yes. death. This That's one right. probably does not fit the stars mold, which I have to break no. some news to our listeners, the longtime fans, whomever you may be. <laughs> Mike is currently without a star subscription because I just Ooh. could not. I, I, I don't know, man. They've kind of yeah. drifted a little bit for me, and it's maybe it's like getting older in the sense that they're always going to have like populist movies from like a decade prior. And sure, I've just aged sure. out enough where I'm like I don't I don't want I nah, want the prior decade. I'm good
2: yeah. See Mike, you should have known. I'm going to piss you off at the end of this episode. You should good. have known how much I would love this movie. Mm. You know why? What's this
0: movie about? Well, you led with it's got a, a big naked ass in the the top,
2: so <laughs> <laughs> that's why you would like it. This is a movie about longing. Oh god! And we're back, baby. Yes. <laughs> It is. It's about longing for that connection and finding it and having it taken from you and how painful that is that he does everything he can to protect this woman because he loves her. And in the end, she's got the bag of money and maybe she'll leave. Maybe she'll make a better life. Maybe she'll go to America. Maybe not. Maybe maybe she'll stay there and her life doesn't get any better. That's fucked up. Like
0: it is a rough, rough ending to the movie. But it's mainly about big asses. Yes. and having well, to having yes. to give up on them,
2: <laughs> yeah it's a sad I <laughs> uh, talk about sadness i mean this is i mean it's it's i think I can only think of two movies that open like that it's this and the Scarjo bill Murray uh mm. movie that just
0: opened
2: <laughs> that's the first thing I thought of as I was like, what did my me watch? what is happening <laughs>
0: this one's better <laughs> this one is uh, is better though
2: yeah it, less racist. Uh, which is surprising, given it's called The American, uh, and yet somehow way less racist.
0: You actually were kind of kind Coppola. there. I thought you we were going to say surprising, because Mike picked it. So I thought there'd be way more racism. In this. <laughs> Mike loves a racist, Oh, you haven't even seen
2: Gone with the Wind. No. How can I tag that's you with true. that? Yeah. It's not pretty- like
0: our friend Derek who had that poster on his wall. We
2: can't. <laughs> Jesus.
0: Man, I don't I don't like what I'm learning today. Um, <laughs> all right. So I believe this is our send-off uh for Dave. Uh you are yeah. going on your honeymoon. I'm going to be the American. You will be the American. Can- <laughs> yes. Uh, since you're gonna be on your honeymoon, let's keep the uh, the prostitutes you mingle with to a minimum. Um, I, that's I, I said a minimum. I didn't say what yeah, that minimum yeah, I was. Appreciate that.
3: Um, I appreciate
2: that. I appreciate that's cutting it off. <laughs> but we will be back. Tessa I, listens to this. Will you fucking chill?
0: I don't know what her minimum <laughs> is. You know, I don't know. Ah, so there you th- go. That's something yes. you come to as a couple. You decide on. Um, that's right. <laughs> we'll be back. I think appropriately, the next one sight in town was Once Upon a Time in the West. Is the next one on that list.
2: So was that the movie that was playing on the T V screen in the American? I believe
0: so. Oh, yeah. See nice. look Look at you, yeah. Mike. Mm-hmm. I was watching
2: it go on that motherfucker. <laughs> that sneaky motherfucker. Well done.
0: And I'm sure Dave's <laughs> next pick will be like Mrs. Dotfire or something. Nothing to do with ah, anything.
2: The dream. The dream. It's also a good movie. It is.
3: Yes. All of my emotions feel the same, feel the same. If you don't like where this is going, look away, look away. You're not in my way.
0: Hopefully you won't miss a beat because now we have recorded. I think we have like three in the bank, and so it should just be as long as they
2: let me back in the country. We'll keep doing this. Uh,
0: If not, I'll bring on my co-host from Trilogy Theory, and he will get to pick the list, which will be IMDb's top 250. That will be the new sight and sound. (laughs) God, pray I come back. Good (laughs) lord, (laughs) I I might sneak an episode in without you being aware of it, and it'll just pop up on your feed like.
2: This motherfucker.
0: (laughs) Just out of curiosity, what is number one on that list? Do you have any idea?
2: Uh, I bet it's fucking Shawshank. Let's see. Shawshank.
0: That's not the worst thing
2: in the world. Shawshank and the Godfather and the Dark Knight.
0: I, I really like the Dark Knight. I mean I do think it's probably the best comic book movie, but I don't know if we put that as number three uh all time on there. Godfather 2, yeah. 12 Angry Men's number five. You know, this list is actually not yeah. as bad. It's not bad. It's it's not it bad. Be. Oh, there's Lord of the Rings. That's I know we two Lord of the Rings movies about, are in the top ten. <laughs> how
2: about Life is Beautiful at uh number twenty-six? I know you'll love that one. Little comedy about the the concentration camp. I do hate good, that.
0: Good times. And I, I like the Lord of the Rings movie. Movies, the, the actual lord of the rings not the hobbit but having the entire trilogy in your top 13 yeah okay, your nerd is showing yeah
2: bit. i mean and i you know i fucking love those movies read the books all that stuff but i'm like okay can we fucking chill can we, <laughs> can we relax we're already targets can we fucking calm down apparently not
0: the pianist is number 32 but that doesn't even make any fucking sense with these i don't understand like it's like the holocaust that's, and that's not and even that's stuff.
2: not even that's not even close to that awful garbage of a human being director's best movie. And yet there it is.
0: But Once Upon a <sighs> Time in the West is number 48. I saw that. I saw that. All right. This will be our most populist episode ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Until we do uh, the entire Lord of the Rings trilogy. In one... <laughs> oh, God poor tessa <laughs> poor everyone if we try to cram that in one episode my god all right yeah uh, you could just say like welcome to the show bunch of nerd shit good night <laughs> just like we did this time uh welcome to the show big ass yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah baby that if there's the, if that's not the hashtag i mean <laughs> on that note dave enjoy your time in paris enjoy your honeymoon i will i will thank you <laughs>